0: Ilco Radio was the brand name of a very popular radio, phonograph, and television manufacturing company. The company was originally founded as Helos Electric Company, then renamed the Philadelphia Storage Battery Company, and was truly a pioneer in battery, radio, and television production. It was founded in 1892. It produced its first radios in 1926. Now, their radios were notable for their affordability and design without sacrificing quality or durability. They also made battery-powered radios, then called farm radios, because they were radios bought by people who did not have access to electricity, generally farms. By 1934, Fickle had sold over 30 million radios and was considered the radio industry leader in volume sales for 24 straight years. They began manufacturing televisions in 1947, and prior to that expanded into air conditioners in 1938, refrigerators in 1939, they developed home freezes in 1946, electric ranges in 1949, and began producing washers and dryers in 1954. In 1955, Philco developed the first all-transistor phonographs, or record players. In 1959, they produced the first battery-powered portable transistorized TV, called the Safari. Now, when I was about 12 years old, a friend of our family won one of those Safari sets and sold it to my parents for $50. I had that television for 50 years, and it still worked. When running on electricity, the batteries were no longer available. I had that TV in my college dorm room, and to this day, I was amazed at how well it worked. I sold it in 2009 for $175 to a collector who I suspect got a good deal. In 1960, Philco filed for bankruptcy. What was left of the company was acquired by Ford Motor Company and the International Union of Electrical Radio and Machine Workers. After the company was purchased by Ford, it was known as Philco Ford. Now, why am I giving you all this background about Philco? Well, it's because on the track, of Heirloom Radio that you're about to hear is an episode from a series sponsored by Philco entitled The Philco Mysteries, a show that first aired in 1936 and 37 and featured the very first woman detective. Her name was Phyllis Coe, last name C-O-E, and they called her Phil for short, Philco. Hmm, a little bit of marketing there. Philco, The Beautiful Girl Detective, Not only did this radio show feature the first woman detective, who was played by Peggy Allenby, it also featured Clayton Bud Collier as Tom Tyler, a mystery writer. Of course, Clayton Bud Collier later played Superman on radio. And he was a game show host on television. Beat the Clock was one of the game shows that I remember. In addition, the Philco Radio Mysteries featured a contest for listeners. It was by far the most expensive and ambitious promotional gimmick of the time. The show was initially going to be heard on only 100 subscriber stations, but the first installments of the show were so popular that an additional 243 signed up for the broadcast. Radio listeners were constantly reminded to visit their Philco radio dealer to pick up the Philco mystery book that was designed to accompany each group of four-week adventures so one book would cover four weeks of radio adventures. There were four books made available for the 16-week run of the series. In the program, listeners were prompted to reference specific pages in the current Philco mystery book for clues to help solve the week's mystery. Each book was filled with diagrams and clues to help listeners solve the mysteries, and each book also contained an entry blank for each of its mysteries and a list of prizes for that week. Listeners believed the books were necessary to solve the mysteries, and that encouraged every interested listener to either send for the book by mail or drop into their local Philco dealer to get the next book for the next mystery, in hopes that maybe they might buy some sort of an electric device in the Philco store, I would imagine. Now the books were not absolutely necessary to solve the mysteries, but they were essential if you wanted to enter the contest for the prizes. The prize money, as you will hear described in the episode that you're going to uh, be exposed to here in a couple of minutes, were very generous, especially given that it was 1936 and 37, which was still pretty much into the Great Depression. By the way, the information that I shared with you about the show was gathered from the Digital Deli 2, an online resource dedicated to preserving the golden age of radio for a digital future track you're about to hear was originally broadcast on september 21st 1937 and is entitled the mystery of the death ray tube my name is john lovering for LM radio and i do appreciate you giving up some of your valuable time to listen to this podcast and i'm going to mark you down in my book as awesome thank you
1: Philco Mysteries on the Air. The Mystery of the Death Ray Tube, a new kind of radio contest. Mystery, thrills, suspense. Your chance to play detective. Your opportunity to win a huge weekly prize. Maybe even a mammoth grand prize in this great $50,000 cash prize contest. Every week at this same time over this station, your Philco Radio Tube dealer presents transcribed Philco Radio Mysteries. Fascinating fun. $50,000 in cash for the winners a contest of skill that you may win. Anybody can enter, nothing to buy. Read about all this in the big Philco mystery book, free at your Philco Radio Tube dealer store. You cannot win without this book. Get your copy. Contains official entry blanks. Lists the prizes. Tells you all the details. Shows you all the rules. In a few seconds, Philco Radio Mystery number three will begin. Have you got your Philco Mystery book open to pages eight and nine? Use the diagram on page 8 to help you as you listen. Take notes. Keep your ears open. Don't miss a word. Ready? Then listen. Phil Coe, the beautiful girl detective, is going to solve a mystery. 126 people are going to win big cash prizes for telling how she solves it. Maybe you'll win. Here comes the mystery of the death ray tube. In the mountains of Colorado, Phyllis Coe and her admirer, Tom Taylor are sitting on a rail fence in front of a large cabin, talking and enjoying the morning sun. Tom seems a bit perplexed. Well, it seems to me that a few words of explanation are in order.
2: I refuse to explain a thing till you point that gun the other way. Oh,
3: all right. But well, I'm at least going to pop it a few tin cans.
2: If you fire that gun and waken an old Dr. Crawford, he'll have you boiled in oil. Ah,
3: the old doc is certainly a mystery man. Come on, Phil, be a good girl and give me all the details, huh? Why are we out here? and What are old Dr. Crowfoot and his two assistants doing?
2: Well, Dr. Joseph Crowfoot and my father were great friends. Before Dad began devoting all his time to criminology, he and Dr. Crowfoot used to work together experimenting with electricity. Three days ago, I received a wire from the doctor asking me to fly out here. He said he'd concluded an experiment that he and Dad had often discussed, and he knew I'd be interested in hearing about it.
3: Well, that certainly doesn't clear it up very much. Hey, see that tin can over there by that wooden shed? Oh,
2: no, Tom, don't. Oh, ha,
3: Bullseye!
2: Now you've done it. Here comes Doctor Crawford. He looks like a
3: thundercloud. Good heavens, man! Put that pistol back in the holster. Oh, I'm sorry, Doctor. I was just taking a pot shot at that tin can there by the shed. Yes, yes. yes. And inside that shed lies the culmination of all my years of infinitely patient work. Oh,
2: I'm sorry, Doctor Crawford. Oh, I
3: know, I know, my dear. I know. Can't find it. Just when I want to talk to you, here come those two crazy assistants of mine. Yes, Conrad. Yes, Campbell. What do you want? Our laboratory assignment for the day, naturally. Must I direct every step you take, Conrad? Start something of your own. I already have, sir. A new theory. Thank you for giving me a chance to get back to it. Coming, Conrad? Yes, I'm coming. You and your fool theory. That fellow Conrad gets under my skin. Phyllis, this is going to be the greatest day of my life. Oh, how do you mean, Dr. Crowford? Well, today, for the first time, my scientific development will be demonstrated before eyes other than my own. A representative of the United States government will be here. Oh, it
2: sounds very interesting, Doctor.
3: Interesting. My dear... What lies inside that wooden shed is so interesting that the greatest brain in the War Department is coming here to investigate. I received a telegram from Washington this morning. Uh, Major William Osborne is arriving by train this afternoon. The Major Osborne? Yes, yes, the Major Osborne. What is this development of yours, Doctor? A poison gas? Poison gas, huh? Nothing quite so elementary. But late this afternoon, when Major Osborne arrives, you will know what is in that shed. Well, Major Osborne, are you ready? Yes, Doctor, quite. Uh, now, come then. Uh, let's all get over to the shed. My dear Mister
4: Taylor, if you'd been cooped up in Washington as I've been for the past five years, you'd really appreciate this country.
3: Uh, uh, now, uh, here we are. <laughs> Just let me unfasten this lock. There we are. I'll uh, step inside, please. Thank you. After you, Miss Cole. Oh,
2: thank you.
3: Uh, now, my friends, what do you see? I see a guinea pig in a cage.
2: The only thing out of the ordinary, Doctor, is that odd-looking glass cylinder resting on the bed of cotton.
3: Out of the ordinary, you say? (laughs) Uh, See, now, my friends, this is a death ray tube. A death ray? But, Doctor, for years men have been trying to... Of course, of course, Major, of course, but it remained for me, Joseph Crowfoot, to discover the secret.
2: Dr. Crowfoot, if that glass tube really does produce a death-dealing ray... Your invention will be the most dangerous weapon in the world.
3: Exactly. There will be enough energy stored within my death ray machine to destroy the entire race of man. Does the model function, Doctor? Have you put it to the test? Oh, yes, yes, on small animals. Of course, you must realize that this is only a a working model of the death ray machine I hope to build. Still, it has power enough to kill a man. My friends, the government, in whose hands my machine is placed, would be omnipotent. Of course it would. Dr. Crawford. Assuming the efficiency of your
4: invention, are you planning to turn it over to the United States government? Yes. Dr. Crawford,
3: who else knows of your invention? Well, my two assistants, of course. Could they replace it? They know nothing of its vast intricacies. They have merely helped me in uh, general details of the construction. I am the only man living who can replace it. May I have a look at the tube, Doctor? The door, stay away from me. Don't touch it. Why, if it dropped only two feet, it would shatter and its energies be lost forever. Is it simple to operate? Yes, Major. Uh, Now, uh, you notice this platinum key at the base of the tube? Yes, Doctor. One turn of this key forms an electrical contact, releasing the lethal energy from the opposite end. One turn would snuff out life. Uh, The large machine, when completed, will be able to wipe out whole armies. But, Doctor... But for the present, we shall have to be content with this uh, uh, guinea pig. Now, 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 don't worry, my dear. The ray is quick, deadly, and painless. Uh, Stand aside, please. Stand here, Phil. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Ready now? I turn the platinum key. <gasps> Dr. Crawford, I congratulate
4: you. <laughs> yeah. What will the government say to that, Major Osborne? The answer is obvious, my dear sir. You
3: have succeeded. Yeah. But uh, now it's growing dark. In the morning, we shall have a further demonstration. Come, come, everybody. It's it's time for dinner. You know, we go to bed early in the mountains.
1: Fire! Hey, everybody, wake up! Fire!
4: Oh, Tom! Tom, where is
3: it? Down in the wooden shed. Good heavens, the doctor's too. Doctor, are you up? Uh, yes, Major. Oh, good Lord. Come on, help me. Okay. The doctor? Uh, no, the shed is burning. Hurry, Kent. Hurry, Conrad. The shed, it's what burning. What time is it, Tom? After midnight. Look out, Dolly. Don't stumble over that bush. Uh, follow me, Miss Coe. I'll pick the way for you. Oh,
2: I can see now, Major. The flames are pretty high. Doctor,
4: doctor, don't go in there. Don't. Conrad, he's gone in. Better come out, Doc. It's pretty hot in there. Dr. Crowfoot, come out.
2: Here he comes. Oh, thank goodness.
4: Are you all right, Doctor? It's gone. What? My
3: tube is gone. Doctor, are you sure? Yes. Here's the box of cotton, but my tube has disappeared. Someone has stolen my death ray. Look. The fire's died out suddenly. Yes, yes. You think I've not installed protection? An automatic carbon dioxide extinguisher. But my tube is gone. It's gone. Ah, Which of you has it? Who is the thief?
2: Just a moment, Doctor. I found something.
3: My tube? Quickly, is it my tube? No,
2: a rag soaked in kerosene.
3: Then this fire was set deliberately?
2: Yes, apparently by someone who didn't know about your extinguisher.
3: Well, that could be any one of you. Nobody knew of that automatic system but myself. Who is the thief? Which it's one the, of oh, you? Oh, now,
2: please be calm, Doctor, and let's go at this quietly. Come, everybody. I think we'd better all get back to the large cabin. You want uh, me, Miss Cole? Yes, Mr. Kent. And you too, Mr. Conrad. Don't worry,
3: little lady. I'm tagging along. Ah, boy, I wish I'd had time to put on my slippers. Can't say I like this barefoot boy business. Uh, hurry up, Phyllis. Uh, you're a detective. Find the thief. I'll do my best, Dr. Crowford. But you must be calm. Well, here's the cabin. Come on, get inside. Get inside, all of you. Come on. Uh, don't anybody try to sneak away. All right.
2: Let's all gather right inside the door. Light that kerosene lamp, Mr. Kent.
4: Okay, Miss Cole.
2: Ouch! Oh,
3: holy Moses! What is it, Tom? Ah, I stepped on something hot. What in the world? Hold that lamp over, will you? Ah, now I see what it is.
4: Here you are, Major Osborne. It's your pipe. I'm so sorry, Mr. Taylor. I probably dropped it in all that
3: excitement. Yes, and the ashes fell out. They're still glowing. Well, come on, come on. Who
2: has my tube? Hand it over. Wait a moment, Doctor. Now, everyone in this room and everyone in the world would have a motive for stealing Dr. Crawford's glass tube. It means power. The person who opened that shed and took the tube started the fire as a blind. He hoped everything would be consumed so that we'd think the tube had also been destroyed.
4: Remarkable... Oh, you shut up, Conrad. Go ahead, Phyllis. Excuse me, Miss Coe, but I noticed that Mr. Taylor is suffering from his burned foot. Yeah, that's right, Major Osborne. It hurts pretty much. Uh, I have some ointment on the dresser in my room. Why don't you go in and use it? Thanks, I will. Give me a match, will you, Kent? You won't need it, Taylor. I left the candle burning in there.
3: Oh, All right, Major, thanks. I'll be right back as soon as I put some stuff on my foot. Uh, uh, come, Phyllis, hurry. Uh, don't waste any more time. All
2: right, Doctor. Now, according to the French law, a man is guilty until proven innocent. I think that's the way we'd better proceed.
4: The French method works pretty well, too. I had occasion to study it in action last winter in Paris.
2: Oh. And now, Mr. Kent, where were you when the alarm was given?
4: Well, next door in my cabin. I was sound asleep.
2: You share the cabin with Mr. Kent, don't you, Mr. Conrad?
4: Yes, and I can assure you I was asleep, too.
2: And you, Major?
4: I was in a deep sleep. I'd had a long journey, you remember?
2: And you didn't awaken until Tom shouted.
4: That's correct. Somehow, in the pits dark, I found my slippers and dressing gown and dashed
3: from my room. Oh, come now, come now. This is all foolish. We're not getting anywhere. On the
2: contrary, Dr. Crawford, I know who stole your tube.
3: You? Who? Who is he?
2: This gentleman was also stolen the real Major Osmond's credentials. Oh,
3: what? The major? say, Are you sure? Stay where you are.
4: Every one of you. The tube, look. It's in his hand. Yes, Doctor. It fits very nicely into the pocket of a dressing gown. Miss Coe, I congratulate you upon your cleverness. As a matter of fact, you are far too clever. For heaven's sake, don't prop my tube. No fear of that. I've traveled halfway around the world to obtain this weapon. It seems that my government had an interest in it also. What are you going to do? There is only one thing for uh, I can do with all of you. To borrow the expression of Dr. Crawford, the ray will be quick, deadly, and painless. You, you can't do this. It's my life's work. Here, give it to the me. Doctor, come back. The doctor, you... You see? It rarely works on larger game than guinea pigs. And now, let's make it short. Ladies first, as usual. Tom! Good shot, Taylor. I'll say. I came back just in time. Look, the platinum key is still in his right hand.
3: And the tube is smashed to bits. Oh, poor old Dr. Crowfoot. If only I'd come a minute sooner. Oh,
2: Tom, do you know... Somehow, I'm glad you didn't.
1: It's a good thing Tom Taylor came in just then, I say. Major Osborne was an ugly customer. He fooled everybody but Phil Coe, the girl detective. Did he fool you? Why did Phil Coe suspect Major Osborne? You ought to be able to tell why. You heard everything that happened. Of course, you can give three reasons which enable Phil to discover the guilty person. Enter the Philco Radio Mystery Contest. $50,000 in cash prizes for the winners. Huge weekly prizes. Gigantic grand prizes. You probably have learned all about it in your free Philco Mystery book, which your Philco Radio tube dealer gave you without any obligation. Read the list of prizes again. Read the rules again. Be sure to write your answer on the official contest blank contained in the book. Remember, You must use this official entry blank for your answer, and you can't get the official entry blank without the book. So get your free copy now. This is a contest of skill. Your skill may win for you. Names of the major winners in this week's contest will be broadcast as soon as possible on a following Philco Radio Mystery Program. Listen for Philco Radio Mysteries every week at this same time over this same station. Listeners with Philco Radio Tubes in their sets are going to have an advantage. Did you stop to think of that? In this contest, you will need to get good reception so that you won't miss anything that is done or said. And the best reception is what you get with Philco radio tubes. Next week, another Philco radio mystery. Next week, Philco, the girl detective, is going to find the guilty person in the thrilling airplane drama Murder in the Sky. Next week, another opportunity to win your share of $50,000 in cash prizes.